the Lions and the Packers. It's hard to say this in any division three weeks into the season, but not in this division. Clearly the two best teams in the NFC North. And they square off tonight at Lambeau. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We are now joined in the sports by Tim Twentyman of DetroitLions.com. And Tim, always good to have you on the show. The Lions, 2-1 and one start. How would you assess the first three games, which, of course, started with the Week 1 victory at Kansas City and the home field split against the Seahawks and the Falcons? Well, good start. You know, I think if you told Lions fans, you know, they'd be 2-1 and one to start the season after KC, Seattle, and Atlanta, who was undefeated at the time last week, um, mm-hmm. you know, they'd be pretty happy. I, they would probably think that you lost to KC and you beat Seattle. That obviously wasn't the case. It was the other way around. Um, but look, they, they feel good. Um, you mentioned it off the top, you know, Chicago's 0-3, Minnesota's 0-3, um, you know, Green Bay's playing pretty good football. They got a young quarterback. And so for the Lions, they feel like, you know, this is a year where um, they're not going through a Hall of Fame quarterback in Green Bay for the first time in 30 years. So um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to, um, you know, win the division and they could take a big step toward that goal today at Lambeau. Okay, so let's get into this a little bit for tonight. Let's start with the Lions' offensive line injuries. Who do you expect to be in and not in tonight? Yeah, Big V, their starting right guard, uh, isn't going to play. But Taylor Decker, who's missed the last two games, suffered a high ankle sprain and a bone bruise on the 19th play in Week 1, the win over Kansas City. Uh, Finished that game but hasn't played the last two. He returned to practice this week, and he's expected to play tonight. So that's obviously a big boost. And what that does is it allows Penny Sewell, their pro bowler, to move back to the right side, he's been switched over to left tackle while Taylor's been out, and they've you know battled some injuries on that right side to a couple backups, so they were pretty thin there. So getting Decker back is huge. It allows um, you know obviously him to play left tackle, Penne to play right, and everything kind of fits how the Lions you know expected it coming into the season. David Montgomery, I didn't play last week. Do you think he'll give it a go tonight? <laughs> Yeah, I do. I think he'll give it a go. I talked to him this week, and he said he was feeling a, a lot better, um, and that it was up to him. He was going to play. Um, he's listed as questionable, but I do expect him to suit up. I, I still think we'll get maybe a little bit more of a load for Jameer Gibbs than we saw when, when David was healthy. Um, I don't think they're going to want to give David you know, 20, 25 um, carry. So we'll see a little bit more of Jameer, but I, but I do expect both uh, Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs to be in the backfield for Detroit tonight. Speaking of Gibbs, you know, he's at Georgia Tech and Alabama. There was some concern whether he could take the pounding running between the tackles. Is there that concern in Detroit? No. I mean, he carried the ball 17 times last week when Montgomery was out, you know, between the tackles, you know, broke a couple runs late in that game that that really helped cement the the win with the last touchdown. So, look, he's tough. If you watch that Kansas City game week one, I mean, he was delivering hits. He wasn't taking them. And so I think he's underrated just how how powerful he can be at the point of contact and obviously we know what he can do speed wise and quickness wise so the Lions really view him as as the total package and I think last week kind of showed what he can do running between the tackles and and 17 carries for 80 yards. When Montgomery and Gibbs are both 100% or close to it or as close as you're going to get in the NFL how would you expect that running back uh, you know split to work out? I think Montgomery would get more of the carries. You know, I think it'd probably be, you know, a 15 to 10, something like that would be ideal. But, look, Gibbs is a big part of what they do in the passing game in Detroit. Um, and, you know, they, they try to get him the ball in space. Um, they like David Montgomery. We talked about between the tackles, Gibbs can do it. But, 
you know, Montgomery's <clears throat> a little bit better there, more experienced. That's his game. You know, making guys miss in, in tight spots and, and being a tough runner, getting yards after contact. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of a one A one B, but it, it, in a perfect world where they're both healthy, they'd probably like to see a fifteen ten, and then Gibbs be a big part of the passing game on top of that. The national media and uh, you know some fantasy football, you know, I like to say the fantasy fantasy football community. Let's call it. Uh, the last couple of years have frequently pointed out the home Jared Goff, which has been good, and the not as good Jared Goff on the road. Is there anything to that? Do you pay attention to that at all? No, I don't really. I mean, look, it's tough to play on the road in the NFL. I mean, go to Arrowhead and, and try to play quarterback with, with that crowd going. You know, your silent count, um, you probably have a little bit more miscommunication. Uh, which we saw in Kansas City some false starts. So I, I just think it's tougher to play quarterback on the road in the NFL. Um, but, look, Jared's had a, a, a really good season. They've won on the road already at one of the toughest places to play. Um, I know Packers fans are going to be up for this one tonight after what Detroit did Week 18, going to Lambeau and knocking them out of the playoffs with that win. So probably a little bit of a revenge game for, for the fans. I expect them to be loud, but... Look, Jared's a veteran guy. He's been in this league a long time. He's played a lot of road games, and he's won a lot of road games. So I don't really think there's much more to it than it's just it's hard to win on the road in the NFL. Talking on Lions and Packers, of course, tonight. Uh, they start the NFL week number four. Tim Twentyman of uh, DetroitLions.com, currently in the sports zone. All right, the Lions defense ranks pretty much in the middle of the pack in most league-wide categories. No pun intended with the pack thing there, uh, except in rushing defense where they rank fifth. Uh, if you're the offensive coordinator playing against Detroit's defense, how would you try to attack? Well, I think you've got to try to attack them vertically. You know, I, you know, most teams you talk to, they want to run to throw. You know, that's kind of the recipe. But like you mentioned, Detroit's been really, really good um, against the run. I mean, they held Atlanta, who, look, Arthur Smith, that's what he wants to do, right? That, that mm-hmm. zone-wide scheme, they're really, really good. They were averaging 170 yards on the ground going into that game last week. Detroit allowed 44 yards on the ground. So completely got them out of what they do and what they're comfortable with. And so, you know, I you know, they've got a really aggressive front seven that's good against the run that can get after the passer. We saw that last week with seven sacks. And so, to me, if I'm scheming against Detroit, I think I want to take some shots early. And, and, and if I can hit those, then maybe I soften up that run defense a little bit. Um, but I just don't think you can line up against this defense, at least what they've shown this year, and, and try to run the ball between the tackles consistently. You know, I love take shots, and, and Green Bay's going to take some shots. And I think that's got to be their recipe for success is hitting on some of those early. Then maybe it softens up the run game a little bit. Aiden Hutchinson's been part of that run defense and obviously rushes the passer. He's been dominant and uh, I think dominant is accurate to say in two of the first three games. What has impressed you the most about Hutchinson during his still very young NFL career? Well, I think this offseason in particular, he finally got an opportunity just to work on his body. You know, he wasn't running 40s and doing draft visits and, and stuff like that. And, look, he suffered a, a shoulder injury toward the end of last year. He told me he really couldn't lift weights, so he didn't like where his strength was at the end of the season. And so, look, he really dedicated himself to getting stronger. Um, and I think we've seen that these first three weeks. I mean, he's got an awesome bull rush, and, and now he's developed a really devastating spin move off that to, to kind of keep tackles, um, you know, on their heels. And, 
I think that's been the biggest thing. He just he was able to watch a year's worth of film. He was able to see what he did, um, you know, that he that he feels he needs to improve on, and then he just hit the weights hard and and really improved his body and his strength. And I think it's now kind of all coming together in his second season. And I think he's going to be a really good edge rusher for a really long time in this league. Brian Branch uh, was certainly impressive in his college days at Alabama. He's certainly made plays during his first three games in the NFL. What's your three-game evaluation of him? He's a stud. He just—he <laughs> is. He just gets it. He just—he knows how to play. Look, you don't start at Alabama in that star position as a freshman unless you just know how to play football. Uh, he just sees the game a little bit different. It's slow for him. Um, you know, he used the line, I'm a linebacker who can cover. That's how he treats that nickel position. And, and I love that line from him because, look, he can come yeah. up and deliver hits, um, but he can cover as well. We've seen that. I just think he's the, the complete package. And, look, he was so good that this team went and got C.J. Gardner-Johnson this offseason to play the nickel for them. I mean, that's a guy who was tied for the NFL lead with six interceptions last year, a veteran guy who's done it at a high level for a long time, right? Well, Brian Branch stepped in. And he was so good that they moved C.J. Gardner-Johnson to safety, um, replacing a veteran in Tracy Walker because they just had to get this kid on the field. They just they had to because he's that good. And I, I think he's a candidate for defensive rookie of the year. I think he's going to continue to make plays. And I think he was a complete steal with the 45th pick. I think he's going to be a great player yeah. for a long, long time. Yeah, I remember the draft when, he, when they drafted him. I went, wow, he's still out there? I <laughs> couldn't believe he was you know still I, available what, at that what, point. Yeah, what I love about it, too, is you know he stayed there in the draft. Obviously, the disappointment of expecting to be a first-round pick and, and you don't go. Yeah. A lot of guys will go home or do whatever. That that young man stayed there. He wanted yeah, to yeah. have his moment, and, and I think he plays with a chip on his shoulder and, and beware because he will come up and stick you. You've got to know where 32 is all the time. You mentioned Gardner Johnson. He obviously has you know, got, you know, he's been out, and Houston, Houston's missed some time too. How have they been able to dance, dance around those injuries on defense? Well, I think that those were two areas where they were pretty deep coming in. You know, like I talked about with Tracy Walker, he, he's a veteran guy, a former captain, um, who's you know I think started thirty-seven games, and so now you know you've got that guy on your bench playing special teams, and you can just plug him right back in. So you're deep there, and look, they were deep on the edges too with guys like. You know, Josh Pascal and John Kaminsky and Romeo uh, Aquara. And so, um, obviously, those injuries hurt. Those were impact guys. But if you were going to deal with an injury defensively for the Lions, edge rusher and safety were probably their two deepest positions coming in. So, um, hurt, you hope to get those guys back. But, you know, that's why, you know, coaches and GMs always talk about death on a football team. It's not a matter of if injuries are happening, it's when. And, and the good football teams, are the ones who've got depth and guys that can step in and you, and you don't lose a beat. All right, Tim. So specifically tonight, what are some key matchups between the Lions' defense and the Packers' offense, uh, which also the Packers' offense, some offensive line issues for them heading into this game tonight? Yeah, they do. So, you know, obviously it starts up front. You know, I think, um, you know, if they don't have Bakhtiari, I think that's a big loss. For them, you know, we talked about Aiden Hutchinson and, and that matchup against a, a, a backup. But when you're Detroit, too, um, they're not going to have Big V. Um, so, look, they've got Graham Glasgow, a veteran guy who's played a lot in this league. But that matchup between Kenny Clark, I think, is going to be an interesting one, too. Uh, you know, I, I, I think Kenny's, you know, one of the best top, you know, five 
interior defensive tackles in the league. Um, so, you know, I, I just think it'll be interesting to see how those offensive line injuries affect the game up front because I think that's where this game's going to be won or lost. Whoever can protect their quarterback the best, maybe get a run game going a little bit, just watch that. that into who handles their offensive line injuries a little bit better. I think that's a huge key tonight. Okay, so kind of flipping the other side here along those lines. Uh, no pun intended again. Uh, the Lions offense, how do you think they'll attack the Packers' defense? Well, I think how they've attacked Kansas City, Seattle, and, and Atlanta. You know, I think the, the trio of Amon Ross St. Brown, um, uh, Sam Laporta, their rookie tight end, who's been terrific. He's the first tight end in, in NFL history to have at least five-plus catches in his first three games. He's become a big, big target. And then using Jameer Gibbs in the passing, that's kind of their big three. Um, you know, you'll see some formations where they want to, um, you know, get those guys in space, find some one-on-one matchups. And so really it's going to be up to Green Bay to try to slow those three down in the passing game. Detroit's done a really good job protecting Jared Goff. They've been able to run the football a little bit. And, and when Jared is able to do play action, that's where he's at his best. He led the league last year with 130 passer rating on play action passes. So establish a run a little bit early for Detroit and then get the ball in those three guys' hands. That's their weapons. That's how they win games. You mentioned Laporta. You know, a lot of tight ends coming into the NFL as rookies have a tough transition. There's a lot going on, you know, pass blocking, run blocking, you know, obviously, you know, patterns and catching the ball. Why is he adapted so quickly? He's smart. You know, one of the things Dan Campbell said about him is he'll make a mistake in practice. They'll never see it again. Um, you just tell him um, they're very hard on him because they've seen the potential um, early on. And, and he's smart. Um, and, and one thing Jared Goff said is I trust him. And it, look, it's not easy for a rookie to come into the league and earn the trust of a veteran quarterback like Jared Goff. But, um, Sam Laporta did that very early, dating back to the spring. I thought he was one of the best players on offense all the way back in OTAs, just that connection and how often um, Jared used him as a security blanket. So, look, he's smart. Um, he can block in the run game, which coaches love. That's how you get on the field with the coaches. And then, you know, Jared really trusts him to win his matchup and, and be a security blanket for him. And we've seen that the first three weeks, and I think we'll continue to see it. Um, he's been a really, really pleasant surprise. He's been, I think, you know, one of the better rookie tight ends of, the, of a class that was considered to be, you know, a once-in-a-decade type class. But, you know, Sam's certainly ascending to the top of that class early on. You mentioned it earlier, the Packers in revenge mode tonight after the regular season finale last year when the Lions ended the Packers season, uh, ended the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay era, as it turns out. Are you a believer in this revenge angle? Well, I think you can use it as motivation. Obviously, you know, locker room fodder a little bit. You can talk about it as, as a coach. But I, I, I think every week in the NFL is, is huge. I, I don't think it, it – you know, I, I think more it's more for the crowd than the team itself. Look, it's a division game. If you don't get up for Packers-Lions as, as a member of the NFC North, then I don't know if you have a pulse or you really don't like football. Um, so the players, I don't think it affects more, but I think the fans. I think the fans will be loud tonight. I think, you know, they'll want to see, um, you know, their team get a little bit of revenge. The Lions swept the Packers last year. So, um, and, and I think they hear the national media and everyone else saying that Detroit's going to win you know, the NFC North. Well, look, the division's gone through Green Bay for a long time. I don't think Packer fans forget that. And I think they'll be motivated tonight to, to maybe show that. 
Okay, so bottom line, tonight's game's basically a pick 'em. So who wins tonight? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I typically don't like to pick 'em, but you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a close game. I don't see a shootout. I see this, you know, kind of staying into the teens, twenties. But you know, I like Lions to have the ball last and, and went out of field going close one twenty seventeen. Tim, always good talking to you. Thanks, and uh, hopefully you get to have more fun here during the season. I know we talked about in the preseason. Uh, glad you're having an opportunity to cover what appears to be a really good team. <laughs> yes, I've seen some some losing football over the, the years, but I think you know what Brad Holmes has, has drafted here, what Dan Campbell's changed the culture in terms of the grit and toughness. I, I think they're on the right path, and I think you're going to see Detroit be kind of one of those teams consistently talked about in the NFC and especially in the NFC North. Yeah, I might have to call you for some advice watching the Cardinals for you know, 17 <laughs> games here. So this year at least. Hey, so. I've been there, bud. I've been there. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Tim. Have fun tonight. All right, guys. Tim Twentyman of DetroitLions.com.